Welcome to episode 24 of Bedtime Stories for Grown-Ups, a podcast that is created from the stuff of dreams. Once upon a time, if you were lucky, someone told you bedtime stories. Maybe someone read you books, or the same favorite book over and over. Or maybe someone made up your bedtime stories, telling you nonsensical things until you closed your eyes and let sleep take you away. These bedtime stories are the whimsical made-up kind, little scenes from dreamland to guide you there. There is no plot to follow, no sense to make of anything, just a sequence of images from beyond the consciousness of day to help you let go and drift into dreamland. We are visiting a social housing community in Norway. It is a vast network of connected tree houses in the forest. There are stairs going up and down and small bridges suspended between the tree houses. There are hanging sculptures made of driftwood and bones and chimes everywhere lots of chimes and there are many common areas on the ground full of children playing somehow we end up with newborn babies on our laps and the babies are surprisingly advanced for their ages some of them are reciting nursery rhymes it is strange to hear newborn babies singing and reciting nursery rhymes. Some of the women seem a little old to have babies, but they are just helping to care for them. They don't have grandchildren of their own, and so they like to spend their time in the gardens that are full of singing babies and laughing children. We find another baby tucked behind the cushions on the sofa. We decide to go exploring, and some of the children follow us. They speak Norwegian to each other, but they switch to English when they address us. Some of the children have pet crows following them around, or sitting on their shoulders. The crows seem to speak Norwegian too but some of them say a few words in English to us. Welcome, they say. Welcome to the trees. We go up and down driftwood ladders and spiral staircases. There are people singing everywhere. They all seem very happy 
There is even a giant bear who is also part of this community. The bear mostly keeps to himself, but some of the children like to curl up with him for afternoon naps. And there are some troll families living amongst the tree roots. They keep a low profile and have a secret network of tunnels underground. You have to know the magic words to access the secret tunnels underground. Somehow, we end up on a school bus that is heading out of the community. Everyone is going to the carnival that is just beyond the wooden gates. An old woman sitting beside us asks us if we have made the changes that we need to make. We answer truthfully. We have not. Then she asks us about something else that we have not yet done. She is a psychic or something. She has a booth at the carnival. This seems like a very happy community full of unusual and interesting people doing fascinating and creative things. Maybe we could learn a thing or two. We are trying to sleep standing up. But we are being taunted by a troll. He sticks out his long tongue and is trying to lick our faces. We are very uncomfortable and want him to stop. So he backs off. We didn't know that it was actually a friendly troll custom for greeting. Now we have offended him. We are in a place with many tall buildings. This is where we work. Four or maybe five men pull up in a couple of cars and announce that we are being taken as hostages. We are not sure how this is supposed to go. What about all the others? Should we even tell them? Maybe we should just pretend nothing unusual is going on. Now there is another large group of men arriving. They are in fact a choir. A men's choir. And they want to know if they can sing in one of the buildings. Specifically, they want to sing in the building that used to be a church. We are not sure what we should do. Should we tell them about the hostage situation? We decide everyone will be much safer if we just keep it to ourselves. But if we don't tell anyone, then how will our hostage takers get what they are demanding? What are they demanding anyway? We don't even know. 
we decide to confront them. Find out what it is they want exactly. The hostage takers are all sitting around, feeling morose, and really regretting this whole thing. All they really want is jobs. They just want to have a safe place to live and some good, honest work to do. And maybe a little singing and dancing once in a while. Why did they come barging in so aggressively then? They have really made a mess of things now. They won't be able to get honest jobs if they are criminals. Maybe they can start again. We haven't told anyone how they behaved when they first arrived. Maybe they can just slink away. And we can just pretend this whole thing never happened. That is the plan anyway. We are going to let them go. But then something happens. A large gargoyle suddenly falls off the roof of a nearby building. It kills one of them instantly and causes a domino effect that then takes the rest of them out, one by one. It is a freak accident. Or maybe it is divine intervention. There are some animals wanting to come in through the double mosquito netting. Three of them. Are they goats? We can't tell. They're small, cuddly, hoofed animals anyway. And we decide to let them in. And they settle down right away, curling up at our feet. We are reading the obituaries in the newspapers by candlelight and we come upon a familiar name. Is she the shadow at the very edge of this dream? Or is she following some other dreamer around? It says she died in 2015. And what year are we in now? We are in the mountains. It is beautiful. There are stunning, jagged, snow-covered mountains beyond mountains. And lakes everywhere. There are some small deer called gourds. They are the size of dogs. But they are just small deer with big attitudes. They can be quite aggressive, and they are getting into our food. While we are distracted by the dog deer, the crows have gotten into a bucket containing something black. It is not jam, but it is something sweet and edible. We shoo the crows away. They shouldn't be eating our food. 
Water starts coming from unusual places, and we decide to move so that we don't get wet. But the mountain road becomes so steep that eventually we have to turn around. We are going to have to swim out now. Eventually, we end up walking along the seashore and there are dolphins following along in the water beside us. There is a staff made of ice sticking up out of the water. We have read about this. It is created by some sort of natural process. A meeting of tide and waves of wind and weather? Or is it created by an undersea creature? We continue walking along with the staff made of ice and the dolphins following us just offshore. At some point, the staff of ice makes an underwater connection and is held firmly in place again, in a new place. So we leave it there and carry on. We came to the end of the road and we could not go any farther. This is where the tunnel to the caves in the mountain begins. It is a rounded out and rather steep tunnel going up and inside the mountain. There are lights and handrails now. It has become a tourist destination. How did we not know that this place still existed after all these years? After the tunnel, there are a series of large caverns and the caverns are full of children making crafts. The children must be on a break from school and this place has become some sort of cultural center. We went to a First Nations celebration. There was drumming and hip-hop and traditional dance. It was an audio-visual feast and we were inspired. When it was time for us to leave, we found some old gearless bikes and made our way back along the trail towards the bridge. The guardian women of the bridge were only letting a few people cross at a time. We had to wait our turn. There were some troll people in the park. One of the young ones was hanging around with us. He was quite a charming little fellow for a troll toddler. But nevertheless, he ended up being persecuted by the other children. And his tongue was burnt. And apparently that is a real travesty and insult for a troll. Because one of the older trolls 
then exploded in a violent rage. And a few people ended up getting killed in the park that day. They must be in the waiting room by now. We are following someone's final wishes. We are on a ferry with an urn full of ashes. There are a lot of cars crammed onto this ferry. We are also consuming some sort of white powder that we found in our candy bag. We can't seem to get enough of it. And now there are some brutish thugs coming after us and threatening us with violence for some reason. And we don't know why. We climb up into the back of a truck and pull the final message out of the bag to finally read it. So what are we supposed to be doing with these ashes? The note is written in purple felt pen on the back of a torn envelope. But it doesn't really give us any detailed instructions at all. Not beyond getting on this ferry. It doesn't make any sense. The final joke is on us. So we make our way to the stern and dump out the ashes before the ferry reaches the dock. We are in a place called Foggy Island. This is the part where the Vikings arrive to raid. We can see the long dragon prow crash through the dock and we run as fast as we can back to the castle. We have to go up to the top of the tower and seal the entrance. Is this for real? Is this a reenactment or something? But that Viking ship meant business. Now we are in a sealed off room at the top of the tower. There is a drowned dog hanging from the ceiling. And we are slowly beginning to realize that we have just made prisoners of ourselves. We are walking along a mountain path. A mysterious woman walks behind us. We stoop to pick up a little rucksack that has been lying on the ground beside this path for many years and in all sorts of weather. These things belong to us. How did they get here? We are glad to find them, though we do not recall ever coming this way before. We let the mysterious woman go on ahead, because she seems to know where she is going. <laughs> 